0: Bloody Elbow presents the MMA Bunker. Pull down the blinds and encrypt your comms. Our fearless leader is on lockdown and back in his bunker after a long hiatus. He's providing his thoughts on the UFC, the state of MMA business, incriminating rumors, and the latest spicy headlines, complete with the MMA tete a tete, featuring interviews with guests from the MMA community. Pay Bloody Elbow podcast Substack subscribers will hear bonus content if available at the end of the broadcast. Be sure to subscribe at bloodyelbow.substack.com for our newsletter and at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com for our podcast network. Follow us on Twitter at Bloody Elbow, Facebook at facebook.com slash bloodyelbowblog, and as always on bloodyelbow.com. Thanks for listening. Here's your host, Kid Nate Wilcox. Cigar Page put together a great offering special for our readers. 60 G's baby! The team at Bloody Elbow had some laughs thinking about those old school UFC fight bonuses and how far some of those early fighters have come. The 60 G's baby deal from Cigar Page is five 90 plus rated cigars and a travel humidor. This is a value of $90 that Cigar Page is offering Bloody Elbow readers for $25. While that cigar culture is alive and well in the MMA community, it may not be your thing, and it also makes an awesome gift for the holidays. You can grab this deal today at CigarPage.com slash 60GsBaby. That's CigarPage.com 60GSBaby.
1: Welcome back to the MMA Bunker. This is KidNateOfFloodyElbow.com. The blinds are drawn. The lights are out. The attack dog is primed and ready. Remington 870s pumped, loaded, cocked right by the door. We're ready to roll. What are we talking about, Steph?
2: Well, we have a bit of a role reversal here because normally you do this solo or you do the interviewing when you have the rare guest, but because I'm here, this is going to be a role reversal and I'm actually going to talk to you and ask you the questions. And this is basically going to be a bloody elbow update. So first thing I want you to do for any new listeners, tell everyone how bloody elbow came to be independent this year
1: how bloody elbow came to be independent this year um well on friday i believe january 18th i want to say could have the date wrong i got an email notice actually a buddy of mine at vox slacked me and said are you okay and i was like huh what and uh that's when I realized they had announced there were going to be layoffs, and they gave people 15 minutes notice. And if if you heard in 15 minutes, then you were whacked. And if you didn't hear in 15 minutes, you were safe. And then I noticed that there was an email. The first email I went and saw was, you have been laid off. And then I looked down, and I saw the email from CEO Jim Bankoff saying, hey, we're sorry, we're going to have cuts, et cetera, et cetera. And then um, later that day, and then I tweeted about it and had my first and only ever viral tweet. It got picked up by the New York Post and got over a million views because um, my wife pointed out that Vox.com, not my favorite publication, um, had posted an article the day before saying something like, are you in tech or media worried about your job? Don't be. You'll probably be fine. (laughs) (laughs) a classic uh you know this is from the source that told us in february of 2022 the russians are going to run out of missiles in three weeks so everything's fine so yeah so vox.com um i mean mad respect to my fellow workers there but the editorial direction of that site was not for me and the editorial direction of bloody was not for them and hadn't been in many years so it wasn't something that was an entire surprise and then later that day um I had a call with uh, Jermaine Spradley, who runs uh, SB Nation. And he indicated at that point that, um, and this was like an en masse exit you know, interview he was doing with one person after another. So I had a lot of sympathy for him and not an easy thing to do to have to lay off dozens of people in one day. But at that point, he told us there was hope to keep the community alive. And he didn't say exactly what he meant, but he said we'd talk later and ended up, that Vox was extremely generous with us and um let me buy the site back at, at a very reasonable price. Even extended the staff, uh paid contractors, I believe, an extra two months. Uh yes. gave me my job back for one month, and it would have been two if I'd wanted um it, but uh I'd I'd rather have, I took the severance money for that extra month instead, got a very generous severance package. Um and the readers and the staff rallied around and it was pretty overwhelming. I mean, I'd been pretty down about Bloody Elbow and the state of MMA and everything and and state of online media and and working for Vox Media and not, and I'm not trying to bag on Vox Media. I just don't think it was a great fit. Like I wasn't Vox, Vox's ideal. Uh, They, you know, obviously MMA fighting and Ariel Hawani is the um, thing they want to focus on and bloody elbow was kind of a pain in the ass for them, made it hard for them to get access, et cetera, et cetera. So I perfectly understand it as a business decision and have total respect for them and what they've accomplished. Even if I don't necessarily agree with or like the politics of box.com or, uh, you know, disagreed with a ton of the decisions that they made. But I think they disagree with a lot of the decisions they've made. I mean, you know, clearly it's, it's, been a nearly impossible thing for them to survive and thrive in an environment which has been aggressively monopolized by Google Facebook, and amazon i I think it was twenty seventeen when I saw that you know online advertising had grown x percent it might have been twenty percent it might have been forty percent year over year real healthy growth for an industry. And at that time, Vox was valued at a billion dollars. And then I realized, and then I looked and I saw that 97% of the growth in the industry had been sucked up by Google and Facebook and Amazon. And I was like, we're cooked. And I still stand by that. I hope Vox figures out a way to navigate. We're trying to figure out ways to navigate in the Google monopoly. But anyway, Vox, again, very generously let us launch a Substack while we were still hosted on Vox. Um, That subscription drive uh raise enough money to pay for the website flat out um and uh has been an important you know revenue builder we're still figuring out um trying to you know get to profitability and and uh, uh so far we've we've kept the lights on and hopefully we can continue to do so for a few more months and and uh have a plan towards profitability if we can just write out Um, the rapids were in. Google's latest algorithm switch really uh, fucked us hard. We've had a nasty malware problem. This same malware problem affected Vox.com. It affected I believe the New York Times. It affected a number of major media sites. AP.com, the Associated Press got affected. We still haven't been able to completely get it out. And that's due to the nature of the Google Ad Exchange. It's one of the easiest ways to inject malware into a major site is through the advertising because you know dozens of different companies are 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 putting in bid competitions and holding auctions and trying to match advertisers with with eyeballs and it all happens in real time and it's all maximized and blah 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 and and anyway, it's just been a nasty problem. We're working to eliminate it. We've eliminated. Uh, a couple of our ad partners as potential sources of it Our other ad partners are working hard to clear it up. And, um, you know, we will definitely have different ad partners um, by the second quarter of 2024. You know, anyway, does that answer your question?
2: It sure does. And when you look at 2024, especially with the way that the quality of our content has just increased exponentially, we might be suffering from the the google updates and things like that but we've taken a different approach maybe explain a little bit about our yeah
1: research. it's it's actually been uh, a real lemons into lemonade opportunity and again my hat's off to the team i have such a great team at bloody elbow yourself obviously and uh, anton tabuena <clears throat> the site managing editor tim bissell zane simon kristen king uh Vic rodriguez Eddie Mercado, you know, the whole gang. John Nash has done incredible work. Zach Arnold has done incredible work. Um, And we've uh, also brought in new talent, Jack and Stephanie cueblo I mean, just just, uh, Blaine Henry, uh, tons of people and people have been very generous. Um, You know, some people writing uh, discounts, some people writing for free. Other people, though, you know, this is a full time job and we've been able to make payroll every month. Mm -hmm. And so that's been very important to the core team that relies on this for their main income source. Um, And and lots
2: of us got raises. You cannot forget that because that's important a lot of people out there root for our downfall and you've not only been able to keep us afloat but you've actually given us the benefit of a raise
1: yep and and i'm i'm very happy about that and yeah it's annoying as fuck when people uh aunt evans in particular is mm-hmm. acting like you know as a bootlicker for dana and, and acting as if our releasing fight or pay information somehow violates fighter privacy i'm sure that <laughs> You know, monopoly corporate America would love to pass a a HIPAA law saying you can't discuss pay, pay information like you can't discuss health information. But the fact is transparency about employee pay, especially for public figures like athletes who are the revenue driver, you know, I mean. I think you could say that the staff at Bloody Elbow is is largely the revenue driver, but the fighters are definitely 100% the revenue driver. Nobody is paying money to watch Dana White talk. People are paying money to watch fighters fight, and fighters are taking brain damage. They're sacrificing their lives right before our eyes, and it's helpful to them to know how much each other get paid. It helps them negotiate, and so... This system has been completely corrupted by the UFC's monopsony. And anyway, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm proud that I've been able to give people raises and I, I, I didn't want to get into that, uh, with Ant, but yeah, fuck him. The, 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 the bloody elbow staff, um, You know, uh, some people have had complaints, some people left, Um, some people, you know, demanded raises (laughs) and got them, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's, it's, but we're, we're just trying to pay the bills and, you know, um, so far so good. And yeah, the, the, the switch to higher quality content, I mean, the downside of being dependent on the Google ad exchange for our revenue Meant that we basically had to write things to Google specifications. And Google is many things, but they're not publishers and they're not really readers. And they've tried to force every site to be like the New York times in 1996 or something. And they want every story to be 800 words and they want, you know, the, and they want the keywords mentioned at the, the same times in the same places and, you know, like really dumb it down and tell the computer exactly what your topics are and then tell them again. And, and yet lard up the article with all this text. You know, when we started, our competitive advantage was bloody elbow kid post a a two sentence post that got all the information people needed and we could cover everything. And now, you know, it got really hard to do that. And what we're trying to focus on now, and I was just uh, telling my wife how proud I am of the team. I mean, the work that Anton Tabuena and John Nash have been doing on the ufc lawsuit case is industry leading we are leading the pack we are the source of record on this topic and even with google penalizing the bejesus out of us on the algorithm those stories are still getting a good placement on google because google has to acknowledge that that's the real shit and people are linking to it and this is the source and zach arnold's work has been excellent on Substack. And now he's starting to partner with Anton in the same way. We just broke a big story about um, the California Athletic Commission, which appears to be getting ready to sanction power slap of all fucking things, um, which is just, you know, just this heinous move. You know, the, the Nevada Commission approved power slap, which everybody knew they would because, you know, they the UFC's home state can. Commission, but then literally every other state refused to sanction it and so and and Zach Arnold predicted a, a few weeks ago that that he could tell something fishy was going on in sacramento and and he nailed it uh mm-hmm. Andy Foster has come out and endorsed power slap he's the head of the uh, California Athletic Commission. California is desperate to have UFC events. The UFC has not been coming there in years. they lost a ton of boxing events. Andy Foster's tenure, and I don't know that it's his fault, but his tenure has been a real disaster for California athletic uh, combat sports. They've They've gone from being one of the top states for combat sports events to a non-factor, really. And so it appears that Gavin Newsom has a buddy who's tight with Ari Emanuel as you'd expect and and the skids have been greased and they're going to get power slap sanctioned and somehow they got a neurologist I believe at Cedar sinai it's just appalling that any doctor would look at this and say it's safe it's appalling to see Andy Foster called a combat sport it's not a combat sport it's it's People giving each other brain damage. Uh, there's no defensive aspect to it at all. It is incran- insanely unsafe. We might as well have pay-per-view Russian roulette competitions because this is the kind of brain damage that people are, are being inflicted on. And uh, you know, there's more to come from Zach on that. And then you know, Tim Bissell has really led the site with a, a vision of this, you know, flight toward quality, and as it's just been amazing to watch the site, the team reconfigure our strategy three, four times in the same year. And, you know, some of the things we're doing are working. Some of the things we're doing haven't been working. And and then, you know, things were working. We were profitable in July and August and then boom and September. And then Google pulls the rug out from under us with this algorithm change. You know, we keep adapting and keep surviving. And so it's it's and, you know, if, if I've missed anybody Deep apologies. I'm so grateful to this team. It's been incredible. You know, I've been um, involved in the content and strategy side and also pretty busy learning how to run the business side of it. Vox kept us completely in the dark about the entire revenue side of. Uh, online publishing they never told us anything so i've had a lot to learn i've made a lot of mistakes i've been able to correct a lot of mistakes and and we're still going and and continuing to learn i look forward to learning more and we're trying to move in a different direction where we're building relationships directly with sponsors and trying to get away from our dependence on the google ad exchange i think the ad exchange was 90% of our revenue in the first month and it's down to 65% of our revenue now and um I hope to get it down to, to 10 or 20%, you know, and, and fuck Google and, and they, you know, we will not write for Google anymore. We'll write for our audience. And that seems to be where things are going. Google's got an antitrust case of its own. I don't expect they'll lose, but hopefully it'll impact and improve their business practices. Meta is facing all kinds of legal challenges from states, attorneys, generals, and hopefully the federal government as well. Um, you know, we're in an era of crony capitalism, and and you know I've always said that the UFC isn't some especially bad corporate actor. They're an especially bad corporate actor in the sports space, and and the fact that the fighters get 13% of the revenue and shrinking says everything i mean they're, they don't compete with the nfl they don't compete with the nba they don't compete with major league baseball hockey pga any of these like all the athletes in those other sports take home a, a much higher share of the revenue and that to me is especially appalling but it's the same shit that that google and meta and everybody else pull all the time if you have if you have power it's going to be abused like that's been one of my difficulties just as a personality in this era in that I'm inherently suspicious of and opposed to power. I don't care who you are. If you get power, you need to be watched and you need to be reported on. And most people in this era and this industry view the opposite way if you have power you need to be sucked up to if you have power you need to have your ass kissed and be told what you want to hear and ultimately i don't think that's good for anybody Uh, we've watched disney destroy the entire hollywood movie industry i mean uh in just a decade bob Iger wiped out the whole thing with his strategy of let's do nothing but blockbuster guaranteed hits every time marvel comics universe star wars yada 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 stopped making other kinds of movies trained whole generations of people who did not want to watch superhero movies and nothing against superhero movies but you know they killed the they killed the mid-level movie they killed the serious movie they killed the the adult movie they killed the woman's movie and it's all superheroes and nonsense all the time and they ran that formula into the ground and then when they got hit by covid people just didn't go back and now the movie industry is completely dead so I like to think that the, that we play a role of checks and balances uh, and help these monopolies help themselves. You know, I don't want to see uh, the UFC run itself out of business. Um, I would like to see dramatic change in their business practices though. So
2: (laughs) I think we all would.
1: I'm also excited about AI, believe it or not. I don't want to go Sports Illustrated and make up fake Mm -hmm. writers and churn out crap with AI, but there's companies we're talking to, uh, that are doing some really exciting things with AI that'll improve journalism, make it easy for a writer to, you know, type your pitch in and get a draft in thirty in a minute and a half, and then you can spend an extra hour editing that draft. But if we've got the tech to do this stuff, let's use it. We've already been using it to transcribe audio from videos, mm-hmm. which, you know, years ago we could track the online conversation about MMA because it was all being written down and blogs were perfect ways to aggregate written conversations when it moved to podcasts and then to YouTube it was very hard to keep up and so one of my goals is to get back to where we're tracking the conversations more um I oddly enough, I'm a big fan of this guy, Jesse on Fire, who hates Bloody Elbow. And I I disagree with like virtually everything the guy says and his worldview and everything else. But I think he's a great content creator. And I think that he and some other people are leading the conversation in places that needs to be reported on in a way that people who don't have 40 minutes to watch a a a YouTube video can keep up with what's being said about the sport. And even, you know, just traditional. Reporters like Ariel Hawani and Luke Thomas, it's it's so much easier to transcribe their stuff, so we you know we can we can report on it better, and so that's one of my goals is is to get back to the aggregation, and I also really really want to figure out how we can rebuild our community and center it around Bloody Elbow. One of the things that Vox was originally about when they were SB Nation was online community, and they could have been Reddit. But they wanted to go in this advertiser-driven direction. Like Vox.com launched and they didn't even have comments. So that tells you where the company felt about comments. And from 2011 on, they were constantly It was a mantra. Comments don't make money. Comments don't make money. And it might just be as simple as adding a Discord install. But I want to bring community discussion back to Bloody Elbow. And, and let's have a place that's safe. But anyway, there's conversations that are going on. And, and, and I want to... uh be able to reflect, and and I'd like to, I'd like be able to be able to host a diver, a more diverse set of opinions. I mean, I think we were at our peak when we had, you know, Michael Rome giving the pro UFC case and me giving the counter UFC case, and I would like to have somebody. It's just that the pro UFC case has gotten so. Hard to make now that they've you right? know essentially been proven in court to be a monopsony, but nonetheless they still do a lot of things right, and a lot of fans love them and I would like to i don't want to just sound like a nag and a critic i i I want to feature voices that have some diversity of opinion, and we're wrong all the time and and have our opinions and you know there's reasons not to like us and and I'm fine with publishing people who want to complain about bloody elbow on bloody elbow. That would be kind of the ideal. But anyway, I, I basically want to get back to aggregation and community as well as maintaining the quality journalism we've been focusing on.
2: Well that about does it and that that was an excellent update. And that Thank also you. explained well why some people might be seeing some weird ads but we are working on it if
1: you see it also please let us know about it mm-hmm. and and let us know what url they tried to send you to if you can get screenshots anything you can do to help us track down this malware and we are making major changes at the back end this stuff will be resolved by the end of the first quarter of 2024 come hell or high water but in the meantime please bear with us as we're um have an existing ad partner that can't seem to prevent these things from happening you know we have multiple ad partners and and you know we're we're trying to narrow it down and figure out wh- what the source of it is but it's also a game of cat and mouse and ultimately the bad actors are the ones creating the malware so i'm not just throwing our ad partners under the bus i'm just saying no matter what we're gonna fucking fix this and find an ad partner that can help us fix it um but in the meantime thanks for your patience and let us uh know if you see it
2: and if you need a place to send that to, you can send it to crooklin949 at gmail dot com. My email is open. My direct messages are open on Twitter as well. Nate, are yours?
1: Uh no, I don't want to hear from you on Twitter, but you can email kidnate at uh, gmail.com. There you go. And 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 I will be all ears. Absolutely.
2: And on that fine note, we're going to wrap up. We will bring you an update sometime in January to give you a, a better feel of where we're at. And, uh, Nate, take us out from this MMA bunker episode.
1: <laughs> I guess I'll, uh, put the uh, Chibigo back on his leash or take him off his leash and, <laughs> and unload the salt rock from the shotgun and, and, uh, open the windows back up and go back to my day. Thanks for listening, everybody.
2: To access the bonus content of this show, you must be a paid subscriber. To do that, go to bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com and subscribe today.